Hello, everyone. Welcome to our seventh and final episode for this season of Resonant Rest. There's a lot of changes going on right now in the world, in the seasons. Maybe you can detect a hint of seasonal allergies in my voice. I feel like it's a big season of transition for me and many others, and I'm not exactly sure what the future holds for this podcast, so... I can't say for certain if and when a second season will come, but I've really loved having these conversations. I've really loved taking the space to talk about stuff that feels really important to me. I think it's really helped me process a lot of thoughts I've had throughout the pandemic about being a musician and the future of our music community. There's so much more to say and so much more to talk about, but I've really enjoyed making this podcast and I hope you really enjoyed listening to it. I would like to extend my thanks to the whole team at Grounded Futures, Carla, Jamie Lee, Melissa, Rebecca, and Arts in Action for making the podcast possible. I'd like to thank Thomas for engineering the interviews. I'd like to thank all the guests for sharing their thoughts and speaking to so many important things. Michael, Angelica, Carmina, Tanya, Thomas, Vanessa, and Kealoha, who we will hear from in this episode. Thank you so much to you as well, dear listener, dear listeners. Thank you for being here and for listening and please know that my inbox is always open to you if you have any thoughts. And yeah, that's what I've got to say. I hope you enjoy this seventh and final episode of this first season of Resonant Rest. As I mentioned, Kay Aloha is the guest on this episode. I really hope you enjoy our conversation. Songwriter who I met through. Who did I meet you through? Well, I think you and Thomas were playing with someone together, right? Were you playing with Tanya together or something? Is that how you met Thomas? Yeah. I don't know. I think that's how I met Thomas. Cool. And then I feel like a lot of your online content resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we just like became online friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now I'm hoping to bring it into real life. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. I feel yeah. the good vibes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't know. I really admire your music and also your, I feel like you have a, a real presence. It feels like you say what you want to say. And it feels like you talk about decolonization a lot, which makes me feel like you see stuff and I feel like I really value your perspective just like the energy you bring into spaces Mm. yeah oh thank you ocean it's (laughs) cool to hear because that's such a I feel like that was another mutual connecting point Mm. for from for me from you Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think like I've been working on like this intuitive body knowing when I'm like 
this person is a yes or like this mm. person like and sometimes there's a maybe and that's fine and you yeah. have to just like sit with that and like mm, am I just having uncomfortableness because I am but like yeah. no I was like yeah <laughs> cool is there any other like work that you do that you want to mention like mm. I know you're a singer songwriter and mm-hmm. I know you have your otamali mm-hmm. that you do mm-hmm you make beautiful tamales with your partner mm-hmm. that are super mm-hmm. tasty and amazing. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Oh, those tamales. But yeah. um, now that I'm kind of where I am, I feel like I've been, I am who I'm supposed to be and I've been supposed to be me, like how I am right now for forever. I came, I moved to so-called Vancouver like six years ago from mm. Clayton to Nation, which is where part of my ancestry hails, which is so-called Prince George, like 10-hour drive north of here. And I moved here uh, to pursue drums. Right. Um, You're a drummer, of course. Yeah, that was like my first kind of musical love. And then, to be honest, like the urge to like grow beyond that seed had been like pressing for a while Mm. and then yeah it kind of blossomed when I after I graduated and I took a couple years to just really slow down and like I mean it wasn't like a choice I just my chronic illness was like extremely flared up and I was like okay I need to like hibernate and peace out for a while Mm. and then it felt like the perfect sign I was like okay I physically like can't just like be hauling drums around like I don't actually feel Mm. well enough to just even play drums half the time so like Mm -hmm. It was kind of the perfect place to also to do healing work through songwriting and mm. like start hearing my own voice saying things that, you know, validated who my belonging and like my purpose or just still being like alive and here. And yeah, so then the songwriting bug definitely came <laughs> and that was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. That's so cool. That really resonates with me. I started playing piano because my grandparents didn't want a piano in their house, so it just came into my house, and I just started playing it and stuff. And then, you know, when you're a kid, there's, like, structured ways of continuing to do things. Like, and the structured way of continuing to do piano was, like, the classical piano that I did. I studied classical piano until, like, the end of high school, right? And that I started songwriting when I was about 9 or 10 as well. I feel like... I, I see myself in your story. I feel like mm. the piano was like a seed that I'm like sort of blossoming out of in different ways. I, I feel like I, I can hear that when you perform. Yeah? Yeah, <laughs> totally. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, are you saying when I perform like my stuff or like when yeah. I'm playing keys with other artists or like... Mm, I guess I've mostly heard you playing your own stuff. Cool. And I definitely feel like this strong connection between what you're playing and then like the lyricism or like mm. the emotion that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, yeah. thanks. Oh my gosh, but yeah, Otamali. <laughs> yeah, that was like a baby that was born last year. Mm. And yeah, my partner Sky, who uh, grew up in Mexico, where that's part of his um, ancestry, is Mesoamerican. So that I feel like just ties into that bigger picture value of bringing like our ancestors flavors and like stories and finding place for them here in a colonized land where Mm. we all deserve to feel belonging and like contribute things that yeah make us feel like at home 
and I feel like it's also been a really cool practice of like grounding with I think decolonization definitely for me and I I think also for him like really starts with like finding our ancestral connections so Mm. that we can better be present for the indigenous communities that were living on their lands um Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so that's been a really important project dreaming up a new chapter with that stay tuned (laughs) so excited for that (laughs) cool so excited too like i'm so excited for everything you do but like also that (laughs) (laughs) and then yeah i mean like my family i guess art first started from our mom teaching us um ancestral dances from hawaii and tahiti Mm. so we learned hula since we were babies and yeah mom's a beautiful singer and like she grew up playing guitar also and like Mm. just like this amazing dancer and yeah I guess part of like I think uh, a grounding point for me in my art is always like with my siblings and my mom and like Mm. yeah dreaming up what we can do together and like and doing things together just all the time so mm. cool (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's so sweet I guess you've, like, touched upon this already, but the first question in my list was, mm. what does creativity look like in your life, and how does music play into it? Do you have, like, practice routines or, like, rituals currently that you do, or, like, what is it looking like these days for you, creativity mm. and music and everything? Mm. I think something that's been, like, an ever-thread is, like... Hmm. I feel like I'm a very visual creator and not mm. in the sense like, I mean, I like doing visual arts, but it's more like imagining. Often when I'm writing songs, I'm also like picturing like a person's body, like moving a certain way. Mm. And yes, yeah, so I really enjoy that. And I feel like, ooh, lately I, <laughs> I've been like, oh my God, I've been obsessed with Janae Aiko's Born Tired. Okay. <laughs> and I Is just, it an like, album? Um, it's uh, just a just a, just song, a song that I okay, love, cool. and um, I found this live version of it where she does this amazing rap, and I was just like, oh. Ooh. And something I've been enjoying doing is like extending verses from like when I really resonate with a song, like mm. I'll just like write my own rap and then be like, yeah. And then lately I've been thinking about like, oh, do I re- want to like reharmonize that and like just make it a full thing, like mm. my own thing? But yeah, I find that like creativity lately has. Lots of my songs have been processing my chronic illness. Mm. Um, like, I love just kind of journaling and then reading it out kind of melodically or, like, just kind of finding some chords that I like and then just kind of, like, pulling from the pages. Mm. <laughs> yeah, chronic illness stuff. I feel like it's been a place to, yeah, find belonging. Like, I think... A huge thing that I've been overcoming is just this imposter syndrome of, like, the mixed identities that I am. My Polynesian ancestry, my Chinese heritage, Irish, clearly Danae. It's just, like, sometimes I find myself being, like, how do I connect with those things when I'm, A, so far from those lands? Like, B, Mm. like, don't necessarily have actual family members that I can, like, call up and be, like, hey, can we talk about this? Yeah, so music has felt like a way to even, like, start learning language. And, yeah feel like I'm offering something as well like <laughs> I love that also <laughs> to balance creative time resting time and everything else which is a l- large list of things 
Do you, like, set goals for yourself? Do you just let things happen? What do you see when you imagine a life with enough time to do or be? I don't know if do resonates Mm. everything that you want to do or Mm. be. Rest. Mm. I think... I feel like the last six years of my life have been this, like, intense, like, flip of, like, I don't know, like, hustling through school Mm -hmm. and, like, yeah, just as we know, like, the lack of sleep and just, like, the emotional outpour, like, physical, just everything, like, transiting an hour and a half each way, like, all of these things, right? And then at one point... I guess it really, like, my chronic illness started being like, yo, this is not cool, like, in, like, third year or even second year. Mm. But somehow, I don't know, I just powered through. And, yeah, but it's really amazing. I feel like my body is, like, I think its superpower, ironically, is being, like, really evidently showing me when, like, it's time to stop, which... At first, just definitely did not feel like a superpower because I was like, how am I supposed to continue living? Because this is how mm. I've always been able to live. In 2018, when I was able to like, I, I literally went up with Sky to my godparents' house in so-called Prince George. And we just like hung out up there for like a couple months and just like completely did R&R. And yeah, I just checked out of like everything that was here that I had like going on which was so scary but also so important and I feel like that event kind of taught me I learn every time like the FOMO never leaves but like (laughs) it's always like so um it does feel empowering when I'm like okay I know that I need to do this for myself and I know Mm. that I, one thing I've learned is, like, my people will be there. And, like, mm. it doesn't mean that I'm going to be forgotten. That was a huge thing I kept seeing in my journals. Mm-hmm. I think it was, like, the emotional isolation of being, like, I keep not being able to participate in the community the way I want to be. Which I think rest for me is, like, this double-edged sword where, like, it's necessary. And also when people are able-bodied, they don't have as much barrier and like they are Mm -hmm. able to like yeah just the amount of rest that's needed is different I think that's something that ironically I guess people are like kind of examining with the pandemic which is cool (laughs) but I'm like ironically "Mm." yeah yeah Yeah. I feel like they're examining it and they're also like not yeah I don't know how yeah yeah like maybe it had like yeah no I totally agree like especially now I feel like it kind of it's already gone out the window yeah in a way but um yeah did we answer the question yeah I think so (laughs) I was like when you imagine your life Mm. with enough time to be everything you want to be or do everything you want to do what do you imagine you mentioned that that definitely includes a lot of time to rest and allowing yourself the thing that your body is asking for Mm -hmm. even when it means sort of feeling separate from what you wish was possible maybe Mm -hmm. that's kind of what I heard yeah and then I guess on another note if I I could yeah I feel like I would like hmm 
I feel like it would just be a lot of like snuggles and like mm. factacles, caresses. Yeah. I'm literally a cat, which is funny because I'm allergic. Oh! <laughs> but I just like, if someone can just 24 <laughs> 7 pet me, like I will be happy. <laughs> what about like a hairless cat? Yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Okay, totally. Cool. Totally. <laughs> That's great. No, I love that. Yeah. Oh my God. I think um, love and physical love for me is definitely a big part of that as well. Mm, I, mm-hmm. when I was talking to Thomas, I was like, I feel like a lot of my rest and like how rest happens in my life is because Thomas is around mm. and I see him and I just like want to hang out and like snuggle, you know? And mm. I'm like, oh. but if I like, if I'm not around people who I love, I sort of forget that that part of me is in there and I'm like, I, oh, wow. I I sort of like yeah. push through things more and like, you know, I feel sort of like more isolated. But I think the like snuggles and the like tender stuff is definitely intertwined with rest for me as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, that's so beautiful. Yeah, that is <laughs> totally for real, though, like being able to have these types of conversations and like mm-hmm. I think that's also a huge uh, rest and rejuvenation type of thing. I'm such a like communicator and like mm. being able to like be vulnerable with people is such a huge way of like recharging for me I guess mm. so that that feels nice nice <laughs> ah, how do you sustain yourself we could talk about income food feeding your spirit or anything else that comes up when you think of sustenance and how you sustain yourself mm. the first thing that popped into my mind was the fact that this year Sky and I made a Dia de los Muertos altar offering for the first time. And I think I realized how powerful and, like, nourishing it is to, like, have a physical reminder and connecting point to our ancestors Mm. and, like, have, like, fire or, like, you know, candles, like, going, like, something that just feels like this element. And I've found that, like, so don't want to keep saying powerful but like yeah I just like I'll wake up in the morning and I'll be like good morning everybody and then I'll like be like eating and be like how's your lunch or like Mm. go to bed like good (laughs) night and it just feels so nice I think navigating family stuff when there's a lot of like intergenerational traumas and like just reasons why we can't necessarily just be together I think this has felt like a really cool way to open the door to a lot of mana energy that like maybe I haven't been as consciously inviting or aware of as a younger person and also like my family pod was really just my source I think just because of the life that we lived and like it was very much like we stick together this is the pod Mm. um we like sustain each other like Mm. I feel like that when I think of sustenance I guess I yeah I guess it's all coming to Ohana and I think about like it's cool now even like shifting from like being like oh surviving a lot of things and then being like oh you know what now we're like we're finding a lot of a there's abundance coming I feel mm. it and um I guess I think about oh my god yeah I think about food I love food <laughs> I love eating healthy because like my body is extremely um sensitive when I don't however I also love treats <laughs> but I always like feel just like I'm like yeah I'm doing it when like, I have like mm. I love like a good salad with like chicken and squash Mm. and like I love like sweet and savory together so like I think squash is my favorite veggie Mm. is squash savory or sweet I find it sweet Mm. Mm -hmm. I love it (laughs) so good (laughs) 
Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, this is your season. True that. It really is. <laughs> oh, my God. Find me in the squash patch. <laughs> Ironically, I find that, like, sometimes creating, like, my inspiration flow with creating has been so strange lately. Mm. Or it always maybe has, I mean, maybe there's no strange or not strange. I think it seems strange because I always thought to myself like, oh, writing songs and whatever is like, it will feel a certain way or like Mm. it will give me this type of energy. And like, Mm. I think the way it comes up is always different than how I thought or how I think it will be. Yeah. You resonate? Yeah, totally. I always try and write a certain song. (laughs) Not always, but sometimes when I sit down... I usually sit down to write a song when I have an energy that feels like it needs to be named or hashed out or something. Mm. And then I, I sit down and I'm like, this is what it is. And I'm like doing it. And then often I, I'm doing it and there's something that's like not right. And then I sit down and I'm like, oh, like what's actually happening here? Like, what's the story? What am I telling? And then it sort of shifts and then there's always something I'm not expecting even within the process yeah mm-hmm. totally love those curveballs though <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know what I thought songwriting would be what did you think it would be I guess like in some ways I thought that it would be it really depends on the day like sometimes it does like just pop all out mm-hmm. but like other times I imagine that it would be easier like because I have a lot on my mind or whatever it is and then I think oh it's just gonna pour out and then I'm like oh mm-hmm. but I think some of that is just like jazz school brain where uh. it like hinders and like causes imposter syndrome and like questions which I'm like dismantling <laughs> don't need that <laughs> bye that's great that's mm-hmm. great to hear mm-hmm. yeah I don't know. I feel like educational. I'm making air quotes right now. <laughs> educational. Educational. That's my Dr. Yeah. Evil voice. Yeah, don't, Do you know Dr. Evil? No, but okay. There's <laughs> Okay. Never mind. Um, <laughs> educational spaces. <laughs> it feels like they do sort of like stoke those questions about do I belong here? What am I doing? Am I doing the right thing? Mm -hmm. What is the right thing? Mm -hmm. You know? And I think there's so much gray, really. And I think it can also be useful to pin down something to learn more about it. But I think, like, just, like, the way lots of education is structured feels like that to me, where we're, like, we're, like, trying to pin something down where it's, like, not necessarily useful. Especially for something like music or, like, but probably all things. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm just riffing here. I don't. I'm not no, saying anything I'm, specific. I resonate. <laughs> I like. Yeah, I even. <laughs> I was reminded. I was. Um, I was taking part of the producers lounge. Um, indigenous series this weekend mm. for like. I'm really keen on like learning about more electronic production and mm. just like sitting at the computer and like being able to like form those sounds and soundscapes and yeah it just was cool someone who was speaking was like talking about the school that went to but like they were specifically like oh no I don't really endorse the school I'm not gonna say the name (laughs) and then it makes me think I'm like god damn like yeah I don't really want to say the name either like I literally do not endorse it like (laughs) at all like (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, anyways. <laughs> I wonder what school it was. <laughs> we can rewind to the top of the podcast and we'll like bleep it out. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. Do you have any dreams about the future? A musical dream? A creative dream? Dreams. Mm-hmm. What are your dreams? Mm-hmm. I love dreaming. I am like a near 24-7 dreamer, I would say. Perhaps it's my full occupation. (laughs) I dream of my family having, like, all of the level of care that they need to, yeah, be sustained, to thrive, to, like, be healthy. That's, like, the, the root of it. I think that extends into, like, my various ancestries having, having sovereignty again. And, like, yeah, I think about, like, it's interesting how it feels like being like I am just one little seed mm-hmm. of this huge tree, multiple trees, I guess, this mm-hmm. kind of small tree grove. <laughs> <laughs> and like the majority of that grove has been colonized mm-hmm. and like oh, oh my god, I dream of like speaking my some of my mother tongues fluently. Mm-hmm. I um especially right now I'm feeling really pulled to um be learning Hawaiian and Klaitli. I feel really proud of my oldest sibs, well, my, both of my sibs, um, and the work they do to, like, to be rediscovering that. I definitely dream of learning more about my ancestry so that I can, like, feel like my art can be grounded in that more. Mm. I think I I already, like, know how it f- how powerful it feels when I, like, yeah, like my the first song that I wrote and was working on called Mama's Hands, like I recorded it with some traditional Polynesian instruments. Mm-hmm. Um one of them is called the Ipu and just feeling like just like being able to hold that instrument and like do research on its origins and like play it and hear my voice with it and then like seeing videos, you know, online of like these like hula masters and they're doing their like doing hula with the ipu and it's just like oh and they're like singing fluently in hawaiian and i'm just like Mm -hmm. i just crave that belonging and i hope that one day that can be and i definitely dream of like more direct relationships with my my ancestries my chronic illness is a funny one i feel like there are times where i like well, I think I always wish that it wasn't there, but at the same mm. time, I find myself wondering, like, what would it be like if it wasn't there? And, like, mm. and I don't wish that it had never been there because I think that the type of learning and compassion and, like, understanding I have for myself and, like, the world is, like, so different because of it. But, yeah, I always dream of, like, just body wellness for me and those dear to me and I mean everybody so that we can like mm-hmm. be present in the way that feels best mm. mm-hmm. I guess I've been lately like thinking about how good it feels when I meet a new person who I realize can become an ally and so mm. dreaming about like more of those types of connections mm-hmm. and like more growth in like the ally community and like Mm. more um consciousness and more action like yeah Mm -hmm. yeah 
Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just, I've got thoughts flying around my head from mm-hmm. everything you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot about belonging too. And mm-hmm. I feel like um, I I want to be connected to my ancestors too. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like, I also feel like I intrinsically am. I guess sometimes I'm in spaces and I'm like, oh, do do I belong here? Am I... Am I Indian? Am I am I connected to my Dutch ancestors? You know, am I will people believe that I I am what I am? And I think the ultimate truth for me that I that helps ground me anyways is that I am me anyways and I am mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And I am them at this point in time, you know, whether or not I have like, like my dad is actually dead too. Whether or not I have like people who connect me to them, I'm like, I am, I'm still part of these family lines that have, that have existed. I they continue to exist through me, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of makes me think of this um, healing group that I've been been a part of for uh, BIPOC, sick and disabled folks, and something that we do is like a grounding practice in the beginning a somatic grounding practice that I've been like really enjoying where like it's just like so simple but like they say like now like I want you to think of your lineages at your back like Mm. any lineages like your ancestral ones like your sick and disabled lineages and like all these things and I was like wow like yeah like it just makes I think even that for me like there's days where I feel so in tune with what you shared about like mm. being like I am all that I am and all mm-hmm. that I am is all of these things and then there's days where I'm so aware of that colonial handprint that's like mm. or like that stamp that's like you are or you're not and like also yeah. <laughs> if you don't know enough then you are not and like yeah yeah and so I think being able to even just like name that has been obviously helpful and like I I think just yeah unraveling that feeling that I'm waiting for somebody to give me like the yes you are like yeah which I I feel like obviously there's validity in it like I I never want to like go around like sharing music or trying to elevate myself without ties to my communities or without Mm. trying to reach into that and like have that um connection but like Mm. I also am learning that we're all like doing our best yeah I don't need that like seal of approval from somebody specifically Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just have one more structured question anyways Mm. is there anything you would like to nurture or change here and now in the musical community? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think, like, I guess what comes up for me first is, like, based on recent experiences, specifically, like, from my first show sharing my original project in the spring up until now, like how many ableist and also low-key racist spaces I've been in, Mm. which I think I noticed even more being the band leader and being like 
the touch point for everything. Mm. And also just being older and like, yeah, having a different level of consciousness. I think, yeah, I would love to see more racialized led spaces and series and like facilitated Mm. things, which are definitely existing, like, like this beautiful space, for example. But like, I also feel like a lot of spaces that pay decently well Mm -hmm. are like white led Mm. random older dudes or yeah and I guess from my perspective as a drummer on the scene I feel like I'm so I am very I think I am pretty jaded about like there's a certain circle of white dudes who can shred and also (laughs) they are just like need to level up And also they need to know (laughs) when they could maybe step aside Mm. or like lend. I mean, sometimes it's not even about like stop. Like it's not like I'm being like, okay, stop doing what you love to do. Like, no. I'm like, how could you make more space? Like, how could you invite somebody who who you see is trying to grow? Mm -hmm. How could you possibly mentor them? Or like I see so many like mentorships happening within racialized community. I feel Mm. like I don't know if you see that as well, but like. And I don't see that as much with, like, those white shredder bros. I'm, like, mm. I see them kind of, like, holding on to their spot. And then I see, like, myself being greeted, like, oh, hey, like, so warm, right? But then mm. not being invited into the room in a different way. Mm. And I'm, like, kind of, I'm pretty tired of that. But also I'm, like, I don't know. Yeah. I Ugh. feel like these Ugh. these white shredder dudes you're, <laughs> you're describing – I, on one hand, I'm like, I need to know who they are, who you're thinking about. <laughs> and then I'm like, I feel like there are, like, a few groups of these people, mm-hmm. even in different scenes in this Absolutely. particular area. Yes. You know? Absolutely. Like, they might be specific people that you're thinking about, but they're not the only specific people like No. That. And, I, yeah, I feel like I learn that anew every time. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even, like... Yeah, I don't know. Even beyond those white shredder dudes, I feel like, yeah, just as we know, the dude energy is, like, real. Mm. And, like, I don't know. And then even the woman energy is real. Mm. It's just a lot. It's, like, women in jail. I don't know. I'm just, like, ah, (laughs) ah, no. I feel like we need more... I'm really craving more intersectionally led initiative and space and like, or people to follow intersectional leaders who are already leading in so many ways. But I feel like people need to jump on that train because that is the way to the future. Mm, (laughs) Totally. Yeah. I want to be more eloquent or like specific or like, oh, <laughs> no. but I'm just like, eh, that's it. That's it right now. Like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel that for sure. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people just don't understand there, there's an importance to non-white led spaces that I think white people don't understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know. Lately, I guess I've been thinking, like, even beyond whiteness, it's just, like, there are so many, like, amazing, like, racialized groups that I've also played in. And just, like, a lot of people, like, don't, um, there's just so many lenses going on. Like, Mm. I think about, like, a lot of, like, immigrant pals who, like, 
are doing so much to survive here and mm-hmm. like and I also think about like there's no real spaces that like it's hard to find those spaces where people can like start can actually ground in where they are though like oh mm-hmm. like I I'm, like, doing my best to be here and also, like, how do I connect with indigeneity here? And, like, mm-hmm. yeah, and, like, also how am I showing up as an able-bodied person? Like, all these, mm-hmm. like, lines and weavings. And I just want, like, I don't know. Lately I've been thinking about, like, I mm-hmm. recently kind of put myself out there as, like, a potential, like, kind of liaison for this, like, company that's doing, like, mm-hmm. they do, like, audio dramas. And right now they're doing one, like, with... um they're speaking with various marginalized artists and like sharing stories and etc and like i think mm. i think i don't think they have someone that on their team yet that like maybe is intersectionally marginalized and mm. i was just like i'm actually really passionate about trying to find like people to come together and people whose mm. voices need to be heard so that they can like actually have that space and like get paid for it and like mm. I feel like I just see a lot of people in those gatekeeper e or like handing out roles that are not actually connected with the community mm. that is impacted by those barriers. Mm. And like, yeah. And as a liaison, you will help them be connected with people. I would hope so. I'm still trying to figure out what that would look like. Yeah, okay. I think both of those things. Like, I think cool. I would want to like be able to like use my like knowledge of like the pockets of community that I do know so far and also have that be a a great like jumping point for me to do deeper work to like find more folks that obviously there's an ever-growing like Mm. forest out there but like yeah just wanting to like hook up people with the spaces and like yeah and ensure that it's like ends up being a safe space for people Mm. I think that sometimes having that extra person is really helpful and like there's times where I could have used that and like mm. yeah sweet tangential <laughs> yeah oh this is so nice oh thank you thank, thank you, you for so hosting much. this and like seeding this beautiful <laughs> plant I'm like really excited about it oh thank Feels you really good oh mm-hmm. thank you thank you so much for coming here and sharing your thoughts mm. and feelings mm. yeah Here we are at almost the end of this episode. Thank you so much again for being here, for listening. If you haven't checked out the other six episodes and you liked this one, go check them out. To end off this episode and this season of Resonant Rest, I'm going to play a song by Kealoha called Mahina. It is such a powerful song. I remember hearing it, well, I heard it before this, but I remember hearing it at her video release party, I think it was last summer, maybe the summer before, all the pandemic years just kind of smush right together, but I remember being on the field at Trout Lake and seeing it on the screen and just feeling the power of the song and the video. You really have to go check out the video if you have not after listening to the song here or wherever you want to listen to it (laughs) but I'm gonna play it right here right now um I hope you enjoy it I hope you take care I hope you have been inspired to think a little more about your own practice if you have an artistic practice and your own rest and I'll see you out there in the world
Take on a new shape, it's time to create my heat. 